Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to this online service. We have embarked on a journey into the promised land. How do we prepare ourselves so that we can enter and take possession of the promised land? But this evening, I want to look into how we can uh, continue to be successful, continue to live on the promised land now that we've entered in and taken possession of it. How can we preserve ourselves so that we'll continue to dwell in the promised land? We said to say the nation of Israel soon after Joshua's death, in fact, that generation, Joshua's generation, when they all died, the whole nation begins to turn away from God and begins to worship Baal. So we can see that uh, it doesn't take too long for people who have entered into the promised land, enjoy what the promised land, uh, the, the milk and honey, but soon after just totally forget about God and what is the purpose while they're in there. So we don't want to make that mistake. You know, so we want to look for the next uh, two or three weeks, we want to look, look into the reason why they failed and learn from there. So we mentioned leadership is very important. We need a godly leaders to, to lead us. And so continuation of leadership is of utmost importance. And in the case of the, the nation of Israel, the trouble, the failure of Joshua is that he did not have a continuation of leadership after him. He did not raise up another leader. And so the nation of Israel turned away from God. Moses was very wise. You know, right from the, uh, the beginning, he already has his eye on Joshua, this, this young man. And he was asking God, God, who else are you going to raise up to continue this journey after I left? And of course, God confirmed to him that Joshua is to take over. So there is a continuation where Moses left off, Joshua continued to lead them to cross over Jordan to enter into the promised land. So continuation of leadership, we know. It doesn't matter whether it's a company, whether it's a nation, whether it's your family. It allows us to plan long term, not just for tomorrow, not just next year, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, 50 years. It allows us to strategize. How do we achieve this goal? You know, we can break it down into portion, what we need to do first and so on, and continue to build and continue to establish. But if we do not have continuity, continuity of leadership. That's what we see in the nation of Israel. They go back to their own way. We see this practically work out in the nation of Singapore, an uh, island with no resources. 
But yet, because there is continuity of leadership, they were able to plan, they were able to strategize, they were able to continue to build and continue to develop and prosper. But when a nation for, or, 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 or a church, if we do not have continuity and there is no leader, everyone will do what they see as right in their own eyes. So when there is no leader, what does people live for? They live for survival. What is good for us? What is good for my family? That's it. We live for survival. But with leaders, with, with, with godly leaders, we live for the purpose of God. We live, you know, to fulfill the covenant. We live to extend the kingdom of God. Not just individually, but together as a holy nation, together as a church, as a people of God, because there is godly leader uh, in our midst. So, it's quite sad, you know. You, you, let's look at uh, Joshua 2, verse 8. Joshua 2, verse 8. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. Verse 10. After that, whole generation, after that gener whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the law nor what he had done for Israel. So can you see, it doesn't take long. It just only takes one generation. And the next generation could totally change direction, go back to their own way, do what they want. And that's a warning to us. You know, so we recognize the importance of leadership. We recognize that we need to have continual of leadership, but at the same time, we need to obey our leader so that that holy nation can be built. You see, David, it works out for David. David, because there is a continuation of leadership, David has the greatest plan in the world of that time to build the temple that was the largest project then, and it was huge. It cost so much. But David was able to fulfill this vision because Solomon, his son, was able to pick up from where he's left off with the same vision, with the same spirit, and continue to bring it to completion. But unfortunately, Solomon did not raise up a leader after him. And so things has gone bad from there. So when there is no succession of leaders, people live the way they want. Judges 2.11, after the death of Joshua and that generation, then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord the God of their ancestor who had brought them out of Egypt. They follow and worship various gods of the people around them. They arouse the Lord's anger. So that's what happened when there is no leader and people 
just go back and do what they want. Judges 21, 24. At that time, the Israelites left that place and went home to their tribes and clans, each to his own inheritance. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. So, that next generation after Joshua's generation did not know God and they turned away from God and, and do what they want and do what is evil in the eyes of the Lord. We're not saying that when there's no leader, everyone will just go and do evil. There are people who are good people, good nature people. So of course they will do what is right, what is good in their own eyes. In their own eyes. And that's why in church we also have people, they're good people, they love the Lord, but they don't have the word. Or they don't have enough of the word. So when they try out of their natural goodness, trying to deal with certain kind of problems, they, they use human wisdom. but not godly wisdom. And sometimes we make a mess out of things because we're trying to be nice, trying to be good and so on. We, 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 we only know God in a certain way, but we don't know God. The God of discipline. God says, if you spare the rock, you spoil the child. But in our natural goodness, I, we've got to be kind, loving, patient, forgiving. But there's another side. If you spare the rock, you spoil the child. You didn't do good to them. You, you, in fact, you hated them. No, 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 you love them in, in a nutshell. But, but in the eyes of God, you hate them because you dare not discipline them. You dare not tell them the right thing. And so they never change because of you. Right? So, so there are people, you know, they do things in what is right in their own eyes, natural goodness. But you see the state of the world. People are more loving and more caring. But some of the decisions that they made is without God's word, without God's direction, is totally ridiculous. Okay, so uh, people do what is right in their own eyes. Look at Gideon. Another example. Gideon is a mighty warrior. He accomplished great things. It causes a, the, the nation of Israel to be set free from the oppression of the Midianites and defeated the Midianites. Judges 8 verse 33. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baal. They set up... Oh, okay, that's enough. Okay? As soon as Gideon died, why? He didn't raise up. A successor. He didn't, there was no continuation of leadership. So people begin to do what is right in their own eyes. They begin to go and worship Baal and forget about God. So the role of leaders, we know that in order to continue to prosper in the land, we need continual leadership. The role of the leader. Let's look at this verse again. Uh, closer in Judges 21, 24. 
At that time, the Israelites left that place and went home to their tracks and cling, each to his own inheritance. In those days, Israel had no king. You see, the king, the first role, the king is not necessarily, you know, king. God can, it's a leader that God has set up to, to rule on his behalf. The leader is God's servant. He can be a prophet, he can be a judge, he can be, uh, well, a king. But God is a real king. He's a servant to serve God's purpose. So in those days, there's no king, there's no leader in Israel. So everyone left. They go back to their hometown, they go back to their clan, their tribes. So you see that now they're in the promised land. They have possession of their inheritance. But they lost that vision and that purpose to build the holy nation. So the, the role of the leader is to unite the tribes, the families together under one nation. So we must have a kingdom mindset, kingdom purpose that unites us. Otherwise, everyone will think about themselves, will take care about their family, and each one will do what is good for them. But a godly leader or leadership will lead people to have that kingdom mindset where we are building that holy Nation. So we see here, there's no continuity of vision and purpose, you know, so you cannot continue to build and prosper. And then the second thing the leader is to do, it says in those days Israel had no king. Everyone did what they saw fit. So the, the role of the godly leader, besides uniting them, is to teach the people all the commandments of God, all the laws of God. And during this time, something that's, that impressed upon me is all the laws of God. All. Not just some of it. So a godly leaders will teach all. Look at uh, Deuteronomy 5 verse, uh, verse 1. Moses summoned all Israel and said, Hear, O Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today. Learn them and be sure to follow them. So Moses summoned all Israel, everyone, and he said, Hear, O Israel. So today in churches, we have people who hear what they want to hear, who respond to the call of leaders when they like it. When they want, when they are free. But here Moses summoned all the people. And the whole nation is to hear the word of God. So it's very important that, that leaders teach all that God commands. Not selective. You know, we, we, we talk about seeker-friendly church. Oh, we just teach them what they want to hear. So they oh they will come and follow us. Join our church. You know, I have people who tell me, Pastor, if you preach like this, not many people will join our church. And that's true. Because we teach all the word of God. 
We teach about loving God. We teach about a God who is serious, who judges, who will reward everyone according to what they have done. We teach about a God who deals with the heart of people. So we, we, we try our best to teach all that the Lord commands. And it's not easy. And many things we don't like to hear. But it's the word of God. Okay, so, and then it says here, learn them. Learn them. You have to learn the word of God. How do we learn? How does your children learn? They go attend classes. If they don't understand, you have tuition teacher to help them to understand further. They have to do their own study. They have to do their own homework in order to learn. But we thought church, how we learn is just come and hear the message and after that is done. No. To learn them means we understand. If we don't know, we have to get someone to help us to explain further to us so that we know how to put it into practice, how to work it out in our life. And that's what God requires of us. So the leader teach. The whole council, there will be a lot of things that we find it hard or rather we don't want to obey. But we got to learn them. We got to... Uh, be sure to follow them. This is what the word of God used. Be sure to follow them. Deuteronomy 6.1 These are the commands, decrees and laws. The Lord your God direct me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So you see, the leader got to teach what God wants to teach and not what the people wants to hear. Yes, it will be in there, but we got to teach what God wants to teach so that they will know how to obey. And in order for us to be successfully dwelling in the promised land, this is what God has instructed. In Deuteronomy 5, 32 to 33, so be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. So there you are. He said, be careful to do what the Lord your God commanded you. So when we are being careful, we are not superficial. We study, we know the details. You see, today as you talk to Christians, we just have a superficial understanding. Oh yeah, I love God, I go to church, you know, I read my Bible, I pray. Superficial. We all know this. But if we are careful to do what God wants, then we will want to know, when I sing song, is it acceptable by God? Is that kind of worship acceptable by God? The attitude. If you want to be careful to obey the commands, how do I relate to my pastor? How do I uh, commit myself in a church? 
because we're talking about a holy nation. Not ourselves, not what I want, not how to develop my career, you know, coming to church to listen just to, well, you know, this church doesn't suit me, it doesn't help my career. So we choose what we want to hear. That's not being careful to obey all that God wants me to follow. And then he said, do not turn to the right or to the left. You're not selective in what you want to obey. You know, if this is, this is not suitable or, or, or inconvenience for me, if it causes me too much to obey, well, then I turn this other way. No. You keep your eyes focused on God and follow His word. Obey His command. So that you may live and prosper and prolong your days. So partial obedience uh, are the most deceptive uh, thing that, that, that binds Christians. Because we're not careful. So there is a lot of sin of omission. We didn't do it because we just obey the superficial. We omit those other parts. And then we think we're okay. See, that is great deception. And sin of ignorance. You know, you talk to these people, oh, I didn't know. Why didn't you know? It was taught. Oh, no, I didn't understand. Well, you find out, you learn. Right? Okay, so that's our responsibility. Our leaders can teach us can lead us. But do you follow? Do you obey? Are you careful in obeying? Or rather you allow deception to, 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 to bind us. So there's a lot of deception in the church of Jesus Christ among God's people. And you better listen to what God wants to say. So the, 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 the typical example that we, we have learned again and again that, that we need to remind ourselves is King Saul. God to the prophet has told him to Go to war to uh, defeat the king and not to take any of their, their thing. And King Saul obeyed. He went to war. But then he do something which he thinks is so spiritual. He said, you know, I saved the best animal to offer to your God to sacrifice. And this is what Samuel Prophet Samuel said to him in 1 Samuel 15, verse 22. Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to he is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of, which, of, of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. You know, to partially obey is to reject the word of God. Because you overrule the word of God according to what you feel, what you think is right. And so we better listen to the word of God the way that God wants to speak to us, not the way we want it to speak. To partially obey is to reject the word of God. To reject the word of God is rebellion. When we do not obey fully what God says, 
is rebellion. We, we don't like that word because that's too strong. Pastor, are you being too strong in your word? You know, offend people. But this is what the word of God used. Rebellion. We don't like, we know it's bad, bad to be rebellious. And we don't want to think that we are rebellious. Just like so, you know, no. I win. I obey you. I go and fight. And, and he sounds so spiritual. I live the best to worship, to worship God. What more can you say? Not to God. So partial obedience is the greatest deception that can come to God's people. So rebellion or disobedience is sin of divination. It's, it's, it's like involving in witchcraft, demons, using demons to have our ways. And uh, when we do that, when we just partially obey, we think it's okay. That's arrogance. Arrogance. We think we overrule the word of God. That's no problem. That's arrogance. And that's the same as the sin of idolatry, worshipping idols. So I've said it time and again that many times we Christians, we are... We have idols in our heart. We involve in witchcraft. But we, we, we don't want to acknowledge that because partial obedience is so deceptive and we've got to be careful, careful to obey what God said. So the goal of teaching, the leader's teaching, is to bring about the fear of God because it will it will help the people have a full understanding of God. But if you just teach part of the word of God, part of what people want to hear, then the God that they know is not, is not the God that is, that is there. It's, a, it's, it's partial understanding. And it doesn't bring about the, the fear of God, the honor for God in their hearts because they think it's okay. It's okay. Right? So, Deuteronomy 6.13, Fear the Lord your God, serve Him only. The rest I will not read. Fear the Lord your God, serve Him only. Do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa. Verse 16. Verse 24. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord, our God, so that we might always prosper and be kept alive as is the case today. So, from the word of God, again and again, it says to obey all these decrees, all that God wants to tell us through His suffering. And so we better take note and be careful to obey what God wants us to obey. So I hope that this message will help us to know how we can preserve ourselves and our next generation and generation after to continue to dwell in the land that God has given to us, the promised land to fulfill the covenant 
to extend the kingdom of God. We need leaders. We need a succession of godly leaders to continue to strategize, to plan, to build, to develop, to have long-term strategy. We need to know the fullness of the Word of God, not just part, so that we will know God, so that we will, will fear Him, so that we will obey Him. And the leader's role is to unite the people together under one nation and to have the people to follow God. God's command to build the, the nation according to what God's command, to, to advance the kingdom of God according to what's God's command so that we can continue to dwell in the land from generation to generation. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for opening our eyes to see the bigger picture of what you, are, what you have planned and what you have purposed for us as a people, as a holy nation. And Lord, we pray for our leaders, pray that there will be a continued succession of leaders with the same vision to continue to build and continue to, to lead your people on in the plan, in the purpose of God. Father, we pray that everyone will know how to obey, how to listen to the voice of God, how to learn so that we will um, know how to follow and protect ourselves and protect the generation after. In your grace and in your blessing. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, God bless you. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.